Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go four at the back with two sitting, or will they pack the team with attacking talent? We'll find out very soon. Our guest today is a man who's as fine a broadcaster as he was a goalscorer. As a player, he spent 15 years with Rangers, playing 581 times and scoring a remarkable 355 goals, putting him comfortably at the top of their all-time list of marksmen. He also had spells with St Johnston, Sunderland and Kilmarnock and played 61 times for Scotland. After hanging up his boots, he spent a number of years in coaching roles with Rangers in Scotland and away from football, he became a much-loved captain on a question of sport. We are now honoured here at TalkSport to have him as a regular on our breakfast show. It is, of course, the brilliant Ali McCoist. Ali, welcome to your best 11. Oh, thanks very much, guys. I've been looking forward to it for a while. I know we've been trying to get together. Really looking forward to it. And the biggest problem I had is picking my loving, guys. I Ooh. bet you everybody says that to you. <laughs> Well, the good news as well, Ali, is that, is that we out that you have got the specially adapted Stuart Pierce best eleven. Yes, because you're taking him on head to head on some of the questions on music as well. Yeah, because you're a music fan, that. aren't you, Ali? That's the thing about you. You love you love your music. Oh, I can't tell you how much I love my music. I'm not sure. I'm just to the same scale as Piercey, but um, funnily enough, when I'm when I'm down um, and I'm doing a couple of nights in talk sport, if there's a gig on. I've been to a couple of gigs with Pierce and we organised some tickets and, and we go and see some groups. So I must admit, no, I know he absolutely loves his music and, and I do too, to be honest. There we go well, then. Although the good news is, if, if, if Pierce ever thinks he's got bragging rights, we are going to be talking about Annie McCoy's film career here yes. as well. So Stuart's got <laughs> yes. nothing to talk about. Yeah, so with, there you hey, go. And with Hollywood greats as well. Exactly True right. Hollywood greats. It's great. a show in itself, lads. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right then, so the first question is, uh, tell us about your earliest memories of football, Ali. Oh, man. Uh, I remember I used to play for a team up in East Bride called the Calderwood Star. And that was uh, Lanarks, just outside Glasgow, boys, and maybe about... I mean, I always used to get a row for saying I was a Glaswegian because technically I'm not. It's uh, Lanarkshire from East Bride, but we're about six or seven miles, effectively, from the city centre. Right. So I used to play for um, the, un- the under-12s at Calderwood Star. And the team used to be run by a- an old man, a gentleman called... Albert England and another another man called Gibby Carmichael and uh, I used to chap I used to chap Mr England's door when I was about seven or eight and say Mr England can I play in your team 
and you should say, no, you're not ready yet, son, it's under 12s, but, you know, we'll keep thinking about you. Yeah. Next next season, up eight, not, not ready yet, son. <laughs> anyway, nine years of age, he said, OK, son, we'll give you a go, we'll give you a wee run out. And believe it or not, we beat Villa Spurs 3-2 up the Murray and East Kilbride, and I got the winner off the post in the oh, last gosh, minute. It was just, it was just something I can still remember going home from a cup of tea and my rolling sausage at my mum's house, <laughs> thinking I just won the World Cup. It was, it was marvellous. Yeah. Marvellous. Life will marvellous. not get any better from here. That's it. I've peaked. <laughs> and I have to inform you, the rolling sausage was special. Oh, as well. exactly. It was. Oh. Good with that. Do you know, Ali? I've got to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge lover of Scotland, as people know. On the show, yeah. I've been going up since I was uh, in my late teens. The square sausage you do on breakfast as well is beautiful, That's, isn't and it? And it's so much more sensible. I love it. It, it love meets it. the bread. Yeah, I, it's the only uh, culinary sensible thing we do. <laughs> when you throw everything else into the equation involving haggis and Mars bars and things like that, you've got to say a pat in the back is deserved for yes. the square slice sausage. Yes. Common sense finally prevails. Yes. In Scottish cuisine. Although I am partial to a haggis, me. I love a bit of oh, haggis. Oh, so do I. Oof. On a breakfast. You can't beat it. Lovely. Can't beat it. Some tatties and some neeps. Yes. Oh, no, do that as well, yeah. Oh, that's a good shout. Now, first gig, though, you went to. I mean, I like the footballing roots. Yeah. But it's this is always your rites <laughs> of passage, is what was the first concert you remember seeing? Oh, man. We arguably have the best venue, or had the best venues yeah. in, in, in the United Kingdom, when you think about it, with the Barra Land yeah. and the old Glasgow Apollo. There was Green's Playhouse above it. But I remember... One of the first ones, I was brought up in the kind of punk era and I was a, I was a closet punk. The only reason I didn't have the, the earrings and the chains and the dyed hair was the fact I was playing with St Johnston at 16. I would, all my mates were. Yeah. And we went, I think one of the first concerts, I remember seeing ACDC. Wow. At the Glasgow Apollo. Yes. And it would be around about 76, I think it was about 13, 14. And I remember that the atmosphere was absolutely incredible and Angus Young <clears throat> disappeared off the stage and the next minute, he appeared running up and down the aisles on the shoulders of two bouncers <laughs> with two bouncers in front of him and two bouncers behind him playing the guitar solo to wow. Let There Be Rock. It's a, fam- <coughs> it's, a famous, it's a famous thing that that gig, though, Ali, them coming to Glasgow because they were adored there because they were of Scottish oh, ancestry, weren't of, they, famously? Of course they were. Um, bon Scott was uh, from up north. I just can't remember. I was going to say under key thing. It's Blair Gowdy, not Blair Gowdy. It was other one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the young brothers were Glasgow boys. That's right. Um, yeah. Angus and Malcolm were Glasgow boys. In fact... When I was a uh, when I was manager at Rangers, Malcolm came to see us with his son, uh, and with a lovely day he came to see us was a guest. Um, we got him, we gave him and his son um, a couple of Rangers jerseys and gave him one for Angus, with Angus on the back as well. Wow. So and they sent it away. And Malcolm's sadly not with us anymore, no. but he wrote us a lovely letter and with a wonderful day. So ACDC clearly have have fantastic memories. But one of the concerts I remember, boys, you love this story. And it, it was it, we went to see Sham sixty nine, Jimmy Percy and the boys. And of course you can imagine what it's like at the Glasgow Apollo. It's carnage. <laughs> carnage. And at we're the best of in, times. We're, tra- <laughs> we're travelling in in the bus fiscal bride and there's about eight of us and one of my mates, we Sammy, who ironically his name's McElroy, and that's where he got his nickname from the Manchester United yes. player, Sammy oh, McElroy. Yeah, nice. Yes. So we, Sammy, says, I've got a wee surprise for you. What is it? Not telling you. Anyway, Jimmy Purse said, away they go, the place is absolutely jumping. I think the kids might have supported, believe it or not. Oh, blimey. Yeah, kids might have supported. Anyway, away we go. The guitar, the Borstal breakout starts. Yeah. And I look at the left-hand side of the stage, and I went, no, you're joking. We, Sammy, walks on the stage, right? 
do not know to this day how he made it. <laughs> he goes up, puts his arm round Jimmy Percy, who welcomes him. Wow. You can imagine what we're like. We are going absolutely mental. This is just incredible. <laughs> and Sammy starts singing Borstal Breakout with Brilliant. Jimmy Percy. But what Sammy can't see, which we can see, is the assembled group of bouncers at the side of the stage who are going to receive him coming <laughs> off the, the stage. <laughs> so anyway, anyway. <laughs> he sings Boston Breaker. That place is an uproar, man. Right, we're, we're killing ourselves laughing. This is the best ever. Anyway, no sign of Sammy after it. Away we go. Concert finishes. And we always we always re, we, we reconvened in the Blue Lagoon Fish and Chip Shop right, for a fish supper before we get the bus up the road. So we're in the chippy. <laughs> I don't need to tell you. Two minutes later, Sammy walks in, right? With his nose in a different position <laughs> in his face, right? <laughs> From the bus journey in, right? <laughs> he's got he's got a black eye that Biffa Bacon would have been proud of, right? <laughs> and, and we looked at him, and the first thing he says was, "Before you ask, it was worth it." Yes, <laughs> commendable. Good boy, Sammy. Well, you're still talking about it now, so it goes I mean, to show, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. What, what more souvenir would you want absolutely. to come out of your body? Oh, yes. yes. oh, well done, him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sticking to the theme, yes. can I ask you what your first record was that you bought? Believe it or not, I, I do remember the first record I bought. I think the first record I bought was um, I went through a phase, I was enjoying Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel. A previous guest here yeah. on this very show with his own best eleven, yeah. yeah. He was not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Millwall fan. Oh, brilliant. Well, I was right into to Steve Allen Cotton Rebel early on. I also saw them. But the first record I bought, I think I bought the album The Psychomodo, but the first remem- uh, record I bought was the probably the more well known one, Come Up and See Me Make oh, Me Smile. Yeah. Which, you know, is an absolute classic record because hey, you could play it now, you could play it in ten yeah. years, and it'll still still be superb. Yeah, I, I was when, when Steve was on the show. I said to Johnny, I reckon easily in the top ten of the seventies singles that came yeah. out. I would say. Easily. I think that's fair. I think yeah. it's very, very fair. <coughs> Johnny said that it's it's timeless, yes. absolutely timeless. Yeah. And I still occasionally I'll put it on. I'm sitting having a having a reader, whatever. I like my music. I'll put some music on, and, and I'll, I'll put. It's quite a. As you can imagine, I'll put a really varied selection on. <laughs> it could be Steve Harley Cockney Rebel, and it could go to Springsteen, it could go to Ramstein, it could go to The Clash, The Pistols. It'll be pretty varied, you know. Sounds pretty good to me. Pretty good to me, Ali. Ali, I'm going to take you back to football a little bit now. Um, I'm just going to ask you about you. I've I seen a great photograph of you as a kid. Um, it must be about six or seven, in a Rangers top. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, who your favourite player was as a kid? Well... Believe it or not, my, my two favourite Rangers players um, at the time were both Rangers centre forwards, were Derek Johnston yeah. and, and Colin Steen, yeah. who had a spell uh, in England down at Coventry. And they were, of course, when I'm going to school, you wanted to be the Rangers centre forward and you wanted to be the Scotland centre forward. Um, and both those guys did that and they were brilliant players. You know, heroes grew up when I was, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, that period in your life where guys really make an impact on you yeah. um, when you're grown up but also without doubt I was very fortunate I ended up playing with one of my heroes and that was obviously Kenny Kenny Dalglish oh yeah who oh man what a, what, what a football player without doubt <clears throat> one of the greatest football players these Isles have ever produced just light years ahead absolutely light years ahead so I would whisper at the time because he was playing with Celtic I don't yes. know it's another team up here and uh, 
but definitely, you know, Derek Johnson and Colin Steen were my two, along with, along with Kenny, Kenny Douglas. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about this because um, I've, I've been very lucky to become good friends with the great John Robertson, double European oh, Cup winner before. What a, what a winger he was as absolutely. well. Absolutely. And um, and he talks to me about Kenny Douglas a bit like you guys talk, in a different way to us fans understand. And he says to me that what football fans don't understand sometimes is when we talk about bravery in football, yeah. everybody thinks of a six foot four, broken yeah. nose centre half. But he said, actually, in football terms, the brave is the little forward who'll take the ball, get himself mm-hmm. kicked. Uh, and take the ball when you're three nil down on, on, a, on a mucky afternoon. You know those that's bravery yeah. in football. And he said Kenny, Kenny would always have the ball. He said and he's like you. He said he's the best, one of the best players I ever played with. And he says because he said in Scotland the fans t- expected him to have the form he had with Liverpool, but he didn't have Ian Rush with him in Scotland. Hundred percent. So, so, but he said he never ever hid from wanting the ball, Kenny. Oh uh, no, it, it was fantastic. And and by the way, boys. Wicked sense of humour. Yes, wicked. that's right. Here as well. Oh, <laughs> wait, 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 I went, that's a great idea, smashing. So I went down and I'm sitting there, Kenny Douglas, Graham Soonis, big jockey Hansen, and I'm sitting there, I'm I'm, I'm I'm speaking when I'm spoken to and things like that, and I'm just sitting there, you know, in awe, but very, very wary of what's going on. So Kenny says, what you want? And I say, I'll have a cup of tea. Graham, I cup of coffee, blah, blah, blah. Sandwich, no, no, fine. So big jock Steen comes in and starts talking to us. And Kenny came up, right, with a cup of tea, put it down in front of Graham. He put a coffee down in front of Jockey Hansen, and he put a pint of lager down in front of me. <laughs> right? right, well, I don't need to tell you, boys. Big jocks, he's in, in the gag. Right? He, but I'm, I don't know he's in, in the gag. Well, the colour just drained, right, for me. Right? And I've looked at Kenny, and I've went, a cup, a cup of tea, said Kenny. <laughs> He went, no, you never. You asked for a pint of lager, right? <laughs> this is so harsh. Harsh. I, I, I got me the room and changed my underpants and other than after it, it was a disgrace. A disgrace. So don't let you be conned by the nice Kenny Douglish, man. He put me away in my first Scotland trip. I, 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 I was working with, uh, with, with Kelly. She was uh, Kelly Cates, obviously, you know, daughter. Yes, of course. And I had my granddaughter with me. She was like, she just had, just had her kid at the time. And she said, um, it's, she calls, it, it, like, he calls him grumpy. Yeah. And I said, no, it's granddad. I said, grumpy. He said, actually, no, you're right. <laughs> uh, no, what he, a player. Oh, what a player. Yeah, Fantastic. Something else. We're going to ask you now about um, your match day rituals as a, as a player, Ali. What, what do you do on the morning of a game? How did you prepare? Do, do you know something? It was, we did the same all the time. We just, I'd have a reasonably long lie. In the, in, the, in the hotel and then we'd get up we'd just read the papers we'd have some lights a cup of tea and a bit of toast I used to room with I used to have some roommates right enough my, my roommate at Rangers for years was Ian Durant yeah. and, the, and the national team it was Morris Johnson and Gary McAllister funnily enough so and it was very much the same and you know what footballers like generally speaking you know they're pretty set in their ways <clears throat> as individuals and we would have a cup of tea and a bit of toast and then your pre-match would be 12 o'clock and it was always something light always scrambled eggs or something and then that was you you'd be off off to the game and at the dressing room and it was funny because back now you look at the dressing rooms and it's all music and boogie boxes and yeah. 
And the one thing, I, the one thing, I, uh, maybe as me just been old fashioned, but the one thing I do find a little bit strange, guys, when you look at the cameras, the BT and the Sky cameras, and the buses arrive, all the players are walking off with their headphones on. They're in their own little world, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. We, 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 we had at least three card schools going, you know, <laughs> and the mu- and the music was blasting out in the bus, you know, yeah. and it was always the same music. We always had the tape, the tape that went in in the bus, and the, the card schools that were going, and there was always interaction between. The boys, which you know, I might not be for everybody, but certainly we we loved it, and that was that was you know with a national team and indeed Rangers for years and years, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. But listen, times change and and people move on. They like to maybe get themselves psyched up in their own ways, putting their own music on, and I understand and appreciate that. But for ours, it was all always very different. We're always involved with each other, and there was there was there was always plenty of noise in the dressing room as well. Mm. There was always talking and shouting and winding each other up and getting everybody going so great days I can imagine that um, it's somebody you often you often mention about nostalgic and he comes up in all our best 11s it'll be interesting to see if he's later but Paul Gascoigne must have been some character to have on a bus and in the oh, dressing room man alive. <laughs> or anywhere oh, <coughs> seriously you, you don't know where to go with that fella I mean he was he was brilliant first thing you've got to say what a player yes and you know some boys we've spoken about it before I honestly, honestly believe that we get the best out of him. Yeah. I really do. Lots of Rangers fans say that. Yeah. yeah. yeah they do. He, was, he was brilliant at, at Newcastle and Spurs, and then they get the injury, went over to Lazio, and, uh, you know, uh, we remember all that. But he went through a period at our place where, A, he was happy, B, he was very fit, and C, he had a, a management and teammates that loved him and just wanted him to go and express himself. And and he, he was oh some of the performances and some of the things I mean he would he would drive you he would drive you potty as well but I mean <laughs> just just an absolute dream to play with what a, what a football player and and what's great about it as well we always talk I mean for example I think I did the did a game last Sunday with Southampton you know and Alan Shearer's there and Lee Dixon and all the boys and and. and Invariably, the conversation will come round to Gascoigne. And what really? was, you know, everybody doesn't matter who you are of that generation, of that age group. We all, all absolutely loved them. Yeah, yeah, patently a unique individual, for, and not many like him across the decades. So that's uh, interesting to see whether if his name crops up later, because we will be asking you about <laughs> yes. the best eleven you shared the pitch with in your best eleven, <clears throat> yes. uh, Mister yeah. McCoy. Is that the chance you'll be in it? I mean, yeah. Don't, yeah. I don't want a spoiler alert. <laughs> so, but, but just remember, you said that name now. That's all I'm saying. Exactly right. Yeah. Let's get back to music now. You mentioned obviously ACDC, Sham '69, yep. right at the start. But now that you are, you know, you've got a few gigs under your belt, what do you reckon the best one ever is? Oh, I think one of the best gigs I ever saw in my life would... would three of them would, would would be ACDC, Springsteen and Killing Joke. I saw Killing Joke and it was only... It ended up only three quarters, just over between half and three quarters of a concert. Wait, i tell you what happened. We played... They were playing into the ABC up in Sucky Hall Street. It's next to the garage, or was it the garage? It might have been the garage, it might have been a big man's place. Anyway, it was pandemonium. Oh, and Jazz Coleman giving it plenty. And I don't know if you've been to a Killing Joke concert, it's madness. Uh, it's just really oh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Anyway, we're right into the concert, and then halfway through Psych, one of the songs, right? The whole place effectively kind of blew up. You could there was lights, bulbs flashing, and electricity things, sparks flying about, and the whole sound system, everything went. 
and the, and the concert finished because they actually blew the place up with <laughs> the power. Right now, as if that was bad enough, we walked out there after about half a concert. No chance of a refund. We got outside the doors, right. <laughs> In the whole of Sucky Hall streets in darkness, we could we couldn't even get a fish supper after a half concert. I mean, that's just taking a liberty. That is. <laughs> your mate at the Blue Lagoon staring exactly. out, of it, staring through his through his steamed window, looking. He can't get no customers in. He had a big pile of black puddings and sauces. He couldn't get rid of them because they were cold. Oh, it's sad, really. But also, also, I've got to say. I mean Springsteen. Any any time you would go and see Springsteen, I've I've seen Springsteen. I don't know. What, is it? I mean, he's like a, a, a sort of force of nature when you experience him live. I've never yeah. seen him. Plays for a few hours, isn't he? You that? never. Yeah. I never hear it. It's almost like a religious experience. All the people I've yeah. spoken to about Springsteen live. Oh, incredible. I've seen him, uh, as I say, about a dozen times all over the place. Glasgow, Newcastle, uh, I saw him at the Emirates Stadium. But one of the best concerts I saw was at the Playhouse in Edinburgh when he effectively just came on himself with a guitar. And it was the same. He gave his best part of three hours acoustic and it was magnificent. He just was telling stories about his life and all that kind of stuff. And oh, dear me, it was absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful, it really was. Tremendous sure. drive. I got, I, got, I got to ask you quickly, because I've, I've heard a great story about you, and I don't know how true this is, but I'd love to know if it's true or not. Um, you went to see Stiff Little Fingers, I believe, on St. Patrick's Day oh, in right. the Barrowlands. Now, if I can explain to people out there, the Barrowlands is in an area <laughs> called the Gobbles, which if I describe as a big Celtic area, it's probably the understatement of the year. Oh, and, the, <laughs> and the story goes that you went to see the Stiff Little Fingers on Paddy's Night. Is that true? Oh, it's a, this is a classic. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm partly with, with Jake, Jake Burns and, and Henry Clooney used to be, you know, the founder members of SLF. Yes. And, and we used to go every year, every year. <laughs> And they used to play the Barrowland, but they always played the Barrowland in St Paddy's Night. Now, as a as a Rangers player, those two don't go hand in hand <laughs> with a Rangers player. Yeah, right? yeah, the Barrowlands in an area of Glasgow, yeah. where there'll be very, very few Rangers season ticket holders, <laughs> put it that way, and we're going in St Paddy's Night. Right? So we waited till the concert started, then the bouncers kind of sneaked us in and put us away up the back of the Barrowland, effectively, in with the lights, and a couple of speakers and the guys that were, were doing the lights for the stage. So you picture the scene, we're right at the back. Anyway, midway through uh, Alternative Ulster, right, there's another, <laughs> I must be mean lights at concerts, there's a problem, and all the lights come on, oh, no. on us up the back of the stage, but nowhere else in the Barrowland. Oh, so they turn around and they see myself, John Brown, who is the madman of a centre-half and a left-back with Rangers, and my wee mate from East Kilbride, and of course there's 2,000 punters turning and see us here, and next minute that we're launching plastic tumblers full of lager, we're getting <laughs> drenched, drenched, absolutely soaked in beer and ale. I'm hiding behind a speaker. Of course, John Brown, the big hard centre half, he's wanted, he's telling them we'll take them on. Come on, I'll take his on. There's only 1,800 oh, of you. That's a bit right. Time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that was tremendous. Oh, dearie, man. Oh, you've suffered for your art. I'm no fair play going here. <laughs> no. Frontline music fan. He's That's right. Stuart Pearce has got nothing, nothing on this, on man. You're winning this. You're winning this. <laughs> and and we'll tell Stuart that for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to pass. Happy to pass. Now, this will be... Uh, because I go... I want to sort of like, you know, two parts of this one. Because I want to talk about your favourite piece of memorabilia or memento. Certainly from football, but... 
I also want to talk about your film career here as well. But yes. let's deal with the football part of it first. Have you got a favourite sort of souvenir from your playing days? Well, uh, do you know some? I, I tell you, I've two kind of souvenirs that I've got. The first one would be the the, the first league medal that we won oh, up yeah. at Aberdeen. We'd been through a torrid time range. I hadn't won a title for so long. We'd won the League Cup here and there. But um, it was Graham's first year. Graham soon has come up um, and effectively caused carnage within Scottish football, <laughs> for want of a better expression. But it was it was just fantastic to be part of it. You know, when you think about it, he's two of his first three signings were England captain and England centre-half. Yeah. Butchering Woods and the whole place. And I can still remember the, the, the final day up at Aberdeen where we won the league. The late, great Davy Cooper swung across him with his left foot. And I can still see Big Butch getting up above Alex McLeish with a header and putting it beyond um, Jim Layton in the goals. And there's a there's just a we've got a brilliant picture. I've got a lovely picture of us all celebrating, yeah. and myself and David Cooper are underneath, or on the back of Big Butch, um, and I've got the medal next to it. So that that without doubt is one of the the greatest mementos I've got, and I'll never I'll never forget it. Absolutely never forget it. No, I remember you telling a great story about that at uh, at the time you said that, and the drive back down from oh. Aberdeen to, to Glasgow. There were fans all the way down for you, weren't they, all the way through you Scotland? Know, it was unbelievable. It's normally a three-hour journey. I think we I think we get back on the Wednesday morning. <laughs> 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 we're stopping in villages in Perthshire and everything. You know. Show us your medals. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, what a trip! Well, in which case, then that brings us on to because I'm, I thought I thought it's probably worth asking this question now, so you can tell us about your Golden Globe that you obviously got for <laughs> in two, the year two thousand, and this is an absolute gem. There you were alongside the likes of Robert Duval. Wow. Michael Keaton, uh-huh. Brian Cox, obviously, yeah. sort of yep. like so. That obviously a little bit closer at home. Yep. A shot at glory, a oh, football man. drama, no less. Oh, it was which fun, boys. football's a tough thing to do to make right, but it's an amazing little film, isn't it? Well, how did that happen? Do you know some? I can't tell you the fun we had filming that, and and as I say, Robert Duvall is one of the nicest guys you will ever. I did a zoom. We did a zoom call with him. About maybe about a month, six weeks ago. Oh, did you? Really? Yeah. I mean, he, he's what he's an actor. Well. Guys. What an actor. But he's fit. Is he? he, he he's just an absolute gentleman. You see, what an actor. If you, if you ask him in the street who the top ten actors of our old time, you're guaranteed ninety percent of them are Robert Duvall in the top ten. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Yeah, in the top five. Tom Hagen in The Godfather. What? A Absolutely. He was in True Grit. Aye, he was. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So it was like, and I, I got asked um, by Campbell Ogilvy, who was the Rangers secretary at the time. That he was coming and he's looking for Sunday to play this part in the movie. Would I meet him? Of course. You know what I'm like, lads. You straight away. This is a wind up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, would, you would think you yeah. would, though, wouldn't you? Nah, that's got to be a wind up. Kenny Douglas, Kenny Douglas. Exactly. <laughs> so, they've arranged me to meet Robert Duvall in the Hilton Hotel in Glasgow, right? And don't get me wrong, I'm fully expecting to walk in and Jeremy Beadle sitting there. <laughs> you know, I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for it. Anyway, we sat down, he told me about the movie. Would I be interested? And I said, yeah. And effectively, that was it. We did a wee screen test thing. He said, right. He says, you're in. Let's go. And the fun the fun we had, because a lot of the guys that, that, that did the film were all pros. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the boys from Airdrie and Wraith Rovers and Partick. And so you can imagine the giggle we had. I mean, the first day we turned up, 
Robert Deval's got this big, massive Winnebago, right? <laughs> and I've got a wee kind of miniature Winnebago next to him, right? <laughs> and that's it. So I'm in my Winnebago and it's all stocked up with water and bits and pieces, coffee and all that stuff. Of course, you can guarantee one forty-five minutes, the lads aren't having it, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so my, within 45 minutes, my Winnebago was our Winnebago. Right? Yes. <laughs> so, so anytime there was a five-minute period, there was like 20 of us in this Winnebago playing cards and having a crack. And Robert Deval used to come in with us. No. He, oh, he loved it. He, he really? used to love it. Do you know oh. what he loved, lads? When there was a break, what we would do is we would set up a heady tennis court. But just, you know, because you'll know better than me, but these films, times, you can sit about for hours and yeah, hours yeah, and hours. Yeah. So we just used to set up, we'd find a net, we, well, we had a net, and whether we were in the car park or the grass, we'd set up a heady tennis, and we'd sit and play heady tennis. And Robert Duvall, and I forget it, he used to pull up a seat at the net and watch us, and he loved it. He just loved the crack, the competition, the arguing, the fighting. <laughs> And it was it was magic, absolutely magic. Because but, of course you were competitive even doing correct, that, because yes. you're all pro football. Yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's a great story, right? Well, can you imagine the, the pattern amongst all the guys, right? And they're all trying to make sure they can get in the film, right? They know they're in the film, but they want to get in yes. the film. So we're playing at Hamden in the cup final against Rangers, and the best it is on the I think on Wednesday night there was a league cup final at Hamden, and there was twenty two thousand there. We filmed an imag- this imaginary film, the final, on the Sunday, and there was 35 there. Right? <laughs> there was 35,000. Big crowd for the fight final. So, so, it was, so we're getting at half time, and we're getting beat 1 0, and Robert Deval comes in, and he lays it on thick, and he goes through the team, and he's cursing and swearing, and that's how it goes. But you've got to remember, the boys are wanting, <laughs> and in the action, they want to make sure they're in, in the film. right? So I could tell, and there was a couple of takes, and I could tell that the boys were. Seeing who could get the last word in <laughs> Improvising before, They're into but, improvising already aye, Before Robert Deval came in So We're on hysterics He, he, he knows something's going on But he doesn't know what's going on So on we go We're going to beat one nothing. We're all shouting each other That's, This isn't good enough Blah 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 That's that and the next thing And Robert Deval walks in Right So <laughs> The wee boy Jimmy Boyle says It's no good enough And he thinks that's the last word Right so Robert Deval comes in and says, shut up and sit down, right? And we're just, we're just ready for him again. And Owen Coyle says, right, a bit of hush for the gaffer. <laughs> oh, fair play. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> Robert Deval's about to get into this big spiel and you're having to pick me off the floor, right? <laughs> Because <laughs> Coyley was going to get the last one. <laughs> hey, Ali, I've got a, a quick one, great one for you, right, about Winnie Bagos. A mate of mine and me were on a Welsh series, right? Not so much money, you know. And we were filming again the following year, and in the year in between, we'd acted on two jobs in London, which were much bigger. Yeah. And we took, turned up to set the first day, and the producer's there, and he's this old Welsh guy called Pete, Pete Edwards, great character. And he's standing there, and my mate doesn't know why he says, he goes, hey, Pete, he says, uh, uh, we had Winnie Bagos, me and Johnny, for the last thing. He said, boys, you've got more chance of Winnie f- Mandela <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Oh, oh, flash, yeah. So when oh, we, we like had a communal it. room. We did a communal like room. It. Anyway, so, <laughs> so here's a big one. Go on, I digress. Man. Right. Yes. Okay. Now <laughs> we're going to talk about the players that you played against, but this is tougher, I reckon. Yeah. Favorite band or singer? Pick one. Oh man, I'm alive. 
you're only giving me one. Oh. Oh, it's killing him. He's going to kill him. I don't want to change it. Right, I'll tell you what I'm going to go. I'm I'm, I'm taking the coward's way out. My favourite singer, I'll go for Bruce Springsteen. Okay. My favourite band to clash. Ooh. I'll give... That's fair enough. Joe Strummer was a hero. He was... You know, I, just for the, for the kids growing up in my my era, Joe Strummer was a man. Brilliant. I was. I do you know what? I know. Obviously, the the, the, the Clash the first album, which is the Clash, is a big oh. album. But I was listening to Give Him Enough Rope the other day. What an album that Brilliant. is! Save Tommy Europe, Gunn. Yeah, Tommy Gunn, Safe European Homes. Brilliant. Unbelievable songs. Do you know what I mean on an album? Man? Brilliant album. Oh. Oh, do you know what we've got to do as well with Springsteen with you one day is you and John Gregory have a Bruce Springsteen off he's he nuts him. for him isn't oh he? Greg loves him doesn't he oh yeah. follow, follows he him everywhere he goes to yeah. gigs he does John yeah, yeah. turns up at indie gigs now. Oh, tremendous says. yeah loves, loves um... he's having the life of Riley managing out in India where he's in, <laughs> where he's absolutely top dog and, he, yeah. and, and following gigs around everywhere that's, sorry, that's, that's not a bad one life. of my oh, favourite yeah, yeah. pictures ever I mean you talk about pictures I just saw him recently have you seen it is picture of Joe Strummer running in the London Marathon yes with ordinary socks on. Yes. Yeah. Which is like, just like, like, you know. With like a Mohican or something. Yeah, he's got a Mohican, a terrible t-shirt, and a pair of like, you know, ordinary sh- socks that go with real shoes. He's a scrappiest. They've only been beaten if they were different socks. Yes, that's true. <laughs> exactly. That's he could topped himself the following year of the marathon. You know, you know you've had a bad day when you've got the wrong wrong socks on. I got, I got a, a quick one for you about John Robertson. We, the, we do a film with John Robertson, the I Believe in Miracles one, yeah. and, it does, and it goes to Cannes, right? So we go I get a train to Cannes Film Festival me, John Robson and Gary Bertles and Rob was a character as you know right yeah. so in the morning he loves his slip on shoes now for comfort you know what I mean so he wakes up in the morning it's dark when we leave right so we get on the train blah 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 and of course we get off a pattern down where we have to change to the, the European train and of course the classic Bertles I love footballers this he goes bravo you got odd shoes on. He put his feet <laughs> under the table, right? And he's got different shoes didn't on. Didn't look right? down. He didn't look down and come in. And this is what I love about footballers. You, you'll appreciate this. He turns to Bertles with the most pitiful look and goes, don't say nothing, Baz. They call him Baz. Bertles goes, everybody, Robbo's got odd shoes on. He tells the whole train. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, take Harry Bertles. Gary, I've got another pair of these in the yes. house. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah, it's yeah. a classic. <laughs> Oh, but he was merciless with him and all the way. Look at John's shoes. Oh, tremendous. Oh, brilliant. Marvellous, marvellous. John. This is the Best Eleven podcast from Talk Sport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
The Best Eleven Podcast with Johnny Owen and Mark Webster. Here's a great one. Your favourite moment on a football pitch. Oh man, my favourite moment on a football pitch would be probably when I when I beat Mr McPhail's record for Rangers as top goal scorer. Yeah. I can still see it. Um played a one two and I I bent it away in a, up at the Rangers end up in the top left hand corner and that was when I became the the top scorer in Rangers history, and it was very special. It's quite. It's pr- I actually feel guilty me saying that because it's a very selfish thing to say. Yeah, well, to that's, that's, a, that's a strike. Because you've, you've, you've got to yeah. do that. You've got to be yeah. selfish for your strike. Yeah. You want to score goals. Plus, also, I'm assuming that, if, as you say, if you're conscious of it when you break it, yeah. Are you carrying around on your shoulders prior to breaking? Are you aware? Yeah. Well, you're. I was, listen, hundred percent. I was aware. I knew it, um, and I and I wanted it. And I never wanted any more in my life. And what made it even more special, Mr. McPhail was an absolute gentleman. Mm. And he was there that day. And he, he came down to congratulate me after it. And uh, it was very, very special. Very special. Mm. But he's probably, you know, you know the type of gentleman I'm talking about. Yeah. Old school gentleman. Yeah. Call on tie. Well-dressed. Magnificent. Carried himself very well. You know, that, that was Mr. McPhail. So that was uh, indeed a great honour. I got. I got to just mention quickly, Ali. I, could, uh, I remember being in a pub once, right? And uh, you know, I'll have a confession. I'm, I'm. I'm more of a Celtic man, as they say. And yep. We're in this packed pub, and do you remember that goal you scored against Celtic Rangers, where you score the goal, and you just drop to your knees. Yeah, yeah. Celtic pub. Yes, it. How and dare you? And I'm in this pub, right? And the silence <laughs> in the pub. There's this giant screen of you, and you just dropped your knees, and I could just remember mate going. <laughs> Johnny, I'm going to tell you this is brilliant. You're not going to believe us. Somebody sent me one of my Celtic supporting mates, Big Kenny, sent me that picture. Did he? Literally four days ago. Wow. And you know what's hilarious about it? I'm down on my knees. Big Goffy has come up at my back. His his face is euphoric, and the referee is over to make sure we're not off the pitch and to tell us to get back on with the game. Yes. But the picture's been taken. And it looks as though the referee's smiling. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, I'm, my big mate's like, I'm not having it. Who looks more happy? You you go for the ref. And so the, cons- the conspiracy theory begins. It continues. It oh, on. I love that. I've got to say as well, also, that my favourite ever pub I've ever seen in my entire life was uh, would have been in that territory. Because uh, do you know them the Glasgow pubs, which are basically just they're not like Victorian pubs like the London ones. They're they're underneath, sort of like just built into the corners of streets. Correct. Yeah. Davy Hayes Elbow Room, which yeah. I thought is the gr- best name for a pub ever. <laughs> That's right. That's I Elbow Room. This is perfect. That is. <laughs> they're, they're like lounge pubs, aren't they, or something oh, like I that? Love pubs up there. Yeah, I love a Glasgow fantastic. pub. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we used to do back in the day. I mean, the players can't do it now, but if we get maybe a, a Monday off. The boys would meet maybe a Monday lunchtime and we'd go to the Steps Bar, which was just an old man's pub. Yeah. yeah. And we, we'd sit and we'd have a few beers in the afternoon <clears throat> and we'd have a game of dominoes with the old lads that come in. And it was a great pub. It was right across for the court. So you had lawyers, you had barristers, you had criminals. Yeah. You had, you know, everybody used to come in for a beer. And that that's, that's why I do feel a little bit sorry yeah. For the guys nowadays, With the phones, modern phones, it's a nightmare for them. Yeah, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? absolutely. It's, I know. So I, I think it's, I mean, I did. Um, 
my mate of mine took me halfway around I couldn't do half but you know that you can do the underground t- pub thing you know you can jump out at each station yes. and go to a pub which is fantastic it's yep. such a great city Glasgow it's one of the world's great cities and like you said when you go to the bars everywhere we went somebody would start talking to us right and yeah. I remember being up there for a, for a rugby international Wales had played and this is how much they love football in Glasgow right there's this little wee fella by the bar, by the bar classic Glasgow and he's having a chat and he goes well, what are you doing up here for then lads and Wales are playing Scotland right in the rugby so he obviously hasn't clicked on yes. and one of the boys goes um Oh, we're up here for the rugby. And he says, who's playing? <laughs> so my mate, now being a bit cheeky, has a laugh and goes, oh, Wales are playing Canada. And he goes, and he goes without missing a bit, he goes, oh, is that like a World Cup qualifier? Are they playing? <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea Scotland care, was like, playing. Nah, he didn't care less. He was like, I'm a Rangers care. fan. You know, I was like, that's I, fair enough. I, I but yeah, great city, Glasgow. Yeah. Fantastic oh, city. Yeah. Anyway, top three songs, Ali. Oh, no. Right. <sighs> Born to Run, Springsteen. Great song. Has to be. White Man in a Hammersmith Pally. Great what? song. <laughs> I'm having these. Now, can I let you decide? I've got three for number three. Oh, okay. this will be good. Go on. Okay. Right. I've got Do Anything You Want to Do by oh, Eddie and Hot Rods. Yeah. Great song. Proto-punk <clears throat> record. Yeah. Yes. I remember Eddie on the, he was on uh, Top of the Pops doing that, and they were trying to sell him as a new wave band, and he had long hair and flares on. Yeah, he did. So it didn't quite work. <laughs> They were much more pub rock, weren't they? They were much were, more Dr. They feel come good out of that thing. kind of yeah. jury world. Yeah. And, exactly, Dr. Feelgood, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant song. Yeah. Um, Psych by Killing Joke. Right, yeah. And Do Hast by Ramshering. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can pick the third one out of that. Do you know what? I, I think they're all fantastic songs. I'm going to go psych, i tell you why. Go on. Because it was tied to a great story where they knocked out the electricity for the whole of, of exactly. Wall Street. Exactly. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Any song that can do that, yeah. I'm having. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, number three coming in at Ali's top three mm. is the electricity bursting psych. <laughs> <laughs> they turned it out to 11 and knocked it down to north. Yeah, exactly. Psych yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wall Street. The psych, psych, will, psych will always be remembered as making Ali go up the road fish supperless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's McCoy's little face without a chip in it. It's something no one wants to see. I love that. That was reminds me of the old Billy Connolly joke, the classic of the uh, the, the, the Highland Copper who comes from the Glasgow. The legend was that the Highland Copper and there's a drunk in it who was, who was uh, passed out in Socky Hall Street and he drags him to Queen Street because he can't spell Socky Hall Street. <laughs> 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 oh, right then, we're on to um, best 11 players you've ever shared a pitch with. I'm really looking forward to it. And the best manager. Right, so my goalkeeper might surprise a few of you. I was lucky enough to play some good goalkeepers and play against some good goalkeepers, but I'm putting Andy Gorham in it. Ooh, okay. yep. what a <clears throat> Scottish goalkeeper. Yep. Good Lord. Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> post, post 70s. We had a period, I don't know if you boys are aware, we had a period pre-80s where one or two of our goalkeepers were making... Errors. It's never been mentioned in uh, football no, at all. No one's ever well, brought you, that up. You, 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 you know, in, in, in 85, when Wales drew with Scotland, the famous game of Jockstein, bless him, the great Jockstein yeah. passed away, Alan Ruff was brought on. Do you remember? Came on as a late substitute and oh had an f- amazing game. Yeah. And I can always remember before the game was somebody going, oh, we'd be, so, we'd be all right tonight, boys. Oh, Alan Ruff's in goals. But he had a sensational game. Do you mean, that's the thing, you know, it was you, you know, Georgie Woods, Alan Ruff, the goalkeepers of that team. They were it, prone to the odd error, but they were, they were also good when they wanted needed to be as well. I oh, think. Ruffy, Ruffy was a great goal. I'll give you a quick Ruffy story, right? <laughs> Brilliant story, this. 82 World Cup, we're playing Brazil and Spain. And by the way, what a team they oh. had. Oh, dear me. Anyway, David Neary, uh, you remember, stupidly, unbelievably, scores one minute to go. He, he put his one nothing at half-time up, right? So it's 
clearly was the biggest example you've ever seen of booting a hornet's nest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you, are. <laughs> we came in at half time, away we go, out for the second half, and they're all over us. Right? They got a free kick, edge of the box. Zico takes it. Unbelievable. Sticks it in Ruffy's top left hand corner. It, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he move? No nope, chance. Nope. So they can fly in at us again. And it, I mean, the, the proper sided Adair was playing into Zico to Socrates to Falco, comes yeah. back to Zico. Zico hits it again. Ruffy, what a save, right? I think it was Adair. Remember the left, yeah. left footed yeah. Adair? Yeah, it was, it was it tremendous. Yeah. Comes to Adair, hits it. Ruffy makes a brilliant save corner. So I was just getting ready for the corner. The boys come running back and say, Ruffy, what a save that was. And it's fantastic. He says, lads, I've got to be honest, I was still going for Zico's free kick. <laughs> I'm putting a Scottish goalie in and it's Andy Gorham. Brilliant. brilliant. Andy I, do you know what? I'm just going to remind the Scotsman of this. They get re- Jimmy Hill called that a lucky toe poke, didn't he? He did. Famously? He did. And I worked, I worked with Jimmy many years after it at World Cup in France and things like that. I worked with him. And Jimmy Hill was. He was magic, that oh, fella. Oh, his character, wasn't he? Oh, what a fella. You know, he said, I upset one or two, one, one or two of you, you boys up there, right? And then, and I went, well, you did a wee bit, Jimmy. And then he looked at me and says, but they love me. They love me really, Ali. You know? <laughs> and all they right, did. All right, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, was yeah. It, that was the beauty of yeah, it. We, yeah. we did. Yeah. We used to sing the song, we love Jimmy yeah. Hill, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I remember it, yeah. He was fantastic, oh, was Jimmy. That was he really was. <laughs> Ah, so right back, left back. How do you want to start your defence, Ali? Right, I'm, I'm. Well, my error is four four two, so that's what yes, I'm going with. Naturally, my back four, Danny McGrain at right back. Oh, a, 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 a superb footballer, absolutely superb. My two centre backs are Franco Beresi and Jurgen Kohler. Yes. Who Ooh, the German yeah. centre back, yeah. and they would be perfect for each other. Mm. Kohler was a big bruiser, but good defender, whereas Berezi was just absolutely genius. That genius, yeah. And at left back, um, I was going for Paolo Maldini. <laughs> so you got pace, you got a bad team. The, the fullbacks, haven't you? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I ain't scoring against that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. let's get that clear. Who would, no. you, who would you pick? Whose shoulder would you go on? Berezi or Kohler's there? It would have to be Kohler's because you'd maybe get lucky with Kohler. Right. You'd need to be... I mean, Berezi was phenomenal. What a player. Do you know, the, before the offside, Berezi's the only... And the Italians are the only back four that I ever played against who had me thinking about them rather than the other way about. Ah. You know, they used to... With the offside thing, which was unbelievable, you couldn't get away with it now. Or that's the thing. But he used to have a signal. Berezi would have a signal in the entire back four, whether it was Tassotti, Costa Curta, Mardini, bang! They just moved out. Wow. And you were offside. Nowadays it's different, you know, obviously with the rules, interfering with play and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you had to watch him yeah. when the game was going on. Yeah. To see if you could guess when this signal was coming. It was, they, they, they were fantastic. That's a, that's I mean, a proper, I, I, and we spoke about it a hundred times, but the Italians knew how to defend. You they know, love they it. Were, the art. It's the oh, art. Yeah, yeah this, too this, right. It's this, 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 their art. I, I got a quick, quick one for you as well. I had Martin Comston on, you know, the uh, 
great lad, a Greenock boy uh, in line of duty and yep. a Celtic fan. And he didn't put Danny McGrain in his best ever Celtic. What? Yeah. And the best thing is, right, he gets mullered up in Scotland. And then when he speaks to me, he goes, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where am I? I wanted, I wouldn't let me forget Danny McGrain, Johnny. I can't go out. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> the, good, the good news is for Martin, we've just reminded everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that a Rangers man's put McGrain in it. Yes, he hasn't. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's evened itself yes, out now. It it? That's the important thing. Right, he's, he's not a bad player, Martin. Yeah, he can play no, all right. Yeah, he can play all right. A feisty little midfield player. What's your middle four? My middle four is the man that scored the penalty at uh, in Cardiff, sadly, the night Big Jock tragically yeah. passed away, and that's Davy Cooper. Davy Cooper. Yeah. I was there that night. That was his last thing he ever did yeah. was to bring Davy Cooper on as a substitute. Inspired amazing. Amazing. Davy. Davy was unbelievable, lads. I'm genuinely going to tell you the truth here. Davy didn't have a right foot. Didn't have a right foot. Couldn't head the ball. Couldn't tackle. Didn't have pace. But he was unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable. In fact, I remember Rude Hoolett pretty recently did his best ever eleven, and David Cooper's in Rude Hoolett's best ever eleven. Wow. Yeah. It's a, a definitely one an unsung hero. Oh, then. yeah. And, and I always think the test of a great player like that. Loved it at a few different clubs, not just Rangers. Yeah. Like it's just goes Scottish to show fans, what he did for a team. Was, yeah. Whatever he's been, Correct. people adore him, don't they? He's in. He's in the. He's in the Motherwell. Um, he's in the Rangers all time eleven. Yeah. But he's also he's also in the Motherwell one. He was only there I don't know two or three years. Yeah. What, what a player! But you're right. Yeah. Just a a, a genius yeah. genius of a football player. Um, two boys in the in the middle would be Graham Souness and Paul Gascoigne. Oof. Yeah. That complement each other. Oh, I guess yes. we could say. Yes. I think uh, I think Graham would allow Paul to go and play. <laughs> and, and, and not the other Don't way worry about Paul. Yes. I'll take it in this part. Yes. You just yes. do what you want. Yes. Do you mean? Paul, Paul, I can hear the, the chat before the game. Paul, you don't worry about anything, son. Just go and play. Yes. Right? And if, if MD annoys you in any way, shape or form, would you mind pointing him out Feel to Feel free me? to let me know. Yeah. Yeah. But make no mistake, Graham could play. Oh, yes. Oh, what a player. We, when he first came up to, to Rangers, I, I, you know, I said we get the best out of Paul Gascoigne. I, I don't think we did out of Graham, clearly, because I think his best years would probably have been at Liverpool. Mm. But, dear me, you could just see it. I've never played with MD that could change a game quite like Graham. And by change a game, I mean, he could make a pass, he could score a goal, he could make a tackle. He could upset people. He could upset the rhythm of the game. He could upset the opposition. He could upset the stadium, the fans. You know, he just knew how to manage a game, and he knew what it needed. Oh, he was he was absolutely superb. This is the best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. I want to just talk just briefly about um, about Gascoigne because. What what is hard to explain to a younger generation? Who obviously, they obviously you Gascon, and we've not just had ex footballers talk about Gascon. I mean, people who are talking about their best England eleven, people like Shane yeah. Meadows and you know Stephen Graham. All these people, they always talk about uh, Paul Gascon being in that team every single time. He was just a great box to box footballer. He could turn a game, and he had one thing on his mind. I was fed Ali. He wanted to get the ball, yeah. and he wanted to go forward. Didn't he? And having somebody oh. in like that in your team, and especially in the modern way, we're all you know they're obsessed to go side to side. Gascon had one thing on his mind. He was going that way towards his opponent's goal, wasn't he? Hundred percent. He just wanted to. He wanted to attack. He yep. wanted to entertain. Yep. He wanted to score goals. He wanted <laughs> to make goals. He wanted to go by people. He, 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 his his upper body strength, you know, 
he could beat people with skill by step over easily, but the thing that, that I always remember Gascoigne was his power, you know, as, as, as his top half. You know, he could he could go by people with, with aggression yeah. when he wanted to, he could buy them with ability when he wanted to, pace. He was he was he was phenomenal. I mean, you remember the well documented hat trick he scored to win us the league at, against Aberdeen it was ridiculous, lads. I mean, his performance was is legendary up here. He, he effectively, I wouldn't say he took on Aberdeen himself, but he just about won the game himself. Yeah. You know, he was he was fantastic and he did everything. He was brave. The one thing about Gascoigne as well, he he, he never shirked any defensive responsibilities or duties as well which was you know as, as a midfielder you know who's basically blessed going forward you know he took he took a lot of pride in his defensive he didn't he would hate his man scoring for example you know that, that kind of that <laughs> yeah. kind of attitude which was was phenomenal and one of the best trainers I mean clearly a fantastic talent on the park as a player but one of the best trainers I've ever seen as well yeah because people know about Gascoigne away from the field of play I think that sometimes they may get the misconception that he didn't treat his football seriously oh, and that was a, that would be a silly mistake to make wouldn't it oh he cared he cared more than MD the, the, <clears throat> the two places that Gascoigne were at home there's no doubt about it where he in my opinion he, he might disagree but in my opinion where Gascoigne was at home was on the football field, whether it was match day or training day. That's where he was at home, right. and with fishing rod in his hand out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that was when he, when he was at his best and his happiest. No doubt about it, in my opinion. That's brilliant. Um, you're right. You're seven, we, nine, and ten. We've got, I've, we've I've got, got Brian Loudrop in the left hand side. That's it. You've got a left hand okay. side. You midfield Brian yes. Loudrop. Yeah. I've got Brian Loudrop. Brian was. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a football player. What a football he player. He was one of those guys that came... We'd sent players into Europe, hadn't we? And we yep. hadn't seen many come our direction and succeed, had we? But he definitely did. Oh, he was brilliant. I mean, and, and as well, he was, he was a strange, strange shape, Brian. He, he kind of... We used to call him long-bodied. A kind of long-body, <laughs> right? That was his name. And he, he was the quickest player I've ever seen with the ball at his feet. Right. You know, a lot of players you've got you've got blistering pace. You know, you put a ball over the top and they're onto it, and that that's their forty. But if somebody, if if you were faced with Brian and he was running at you with the ball at his feet, he was the quickest I ever saw, ever saw. I mean, I I, I remember him destroying Arsenal in a, a pre-season friendly one day at Ibrox, and I'm talking about Arsenal. I'm talking about a proper team here. I'm talking about you know '96 when when there were a side that were absolutely excellent, and yeah, he, he was yeah. just just phenomenal. As I say, really, really, t really talented, and and probably had the best vision along with Ian Durant, who was a tremendous player. I think him and Ian had the best vision of any footballers ever played with. You know, they'd be facing one way in the park, but they knew exactly what was going on everywhere on the park and behind them. That's great. He was really, what a talent to have. Game awareness, they call it. Yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, fantastic. Right. Uh, right, up front, your front two. My front two, I'm leaving the second decision to you because I'm going to give you three names. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Starton. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. There's no doubt Kenny Starton for obvious reasons. And who we're playing up front with Kenny, it's up to yourselves. Okay. I'm either going to go for Rushy, which would be an obvious one. Yeah. Or, we've got a problem here, I'm going to go either Van Basten <laughs> or I'm going to go Carl Heinz Rummenigge. <laughs> yes. You are allowed a bench, of course. Are oh, I'm allowed a bench. <laughs> right. Um, well, I'll tell you, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm going to... 
I'm going to start uh, Kenny up front with Van Basten then. Okay. Okay. My apologies to Rushy because <laughs> that partnership they had was absolutely ridiculous. But Van Basten was, I'm sure you'll agree, was a talent Unreal, that yeah. was taken from us too early. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. obviously injury. He, he was he was phenomenal. And Carl Heinz Rummenigge, my oh. dearie, dearie me. I remember we played into Milan in the San Siro, and the front three was Franco Causio. Carl Hayes, Rumenega, and Alessandro Altobelli. <laughs> <Right. clears throat> and they come that. away with a brilliant result. They beat us 3 nothing. It's without doubt one of my better results in Europe. Try marking that lot. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so Rumenega, Rumen, I always remember it. We, the, we played them at Ibrox in the second leg, boys, right? And it was a typical Tuesday night in Glasgow where the, the, the rain was coming in a sort of horizontal fashion, right? Yeah. And the pitch was, like, not nowadays, it was like mud that you've never seen before. And he wore moulded boots. He didn't wear studs. We were all looking at each other. Sliding you know, everywhere, we were all wouldn't he? Looking at each other with, you know, 17 inch aluminium studs <laughs> in. <right>? So, <laughs> and he's got, he's got a pair of mouldies. And he was just kind of floating across the surface for the 90 minutes. We thought, this, this guy's special. So. Rumenegger was brilliant, but but, you, but my bench has got to be it's Rushy Rumenegger, Ian Durant, yeah. and and you know I've got I've well, probably got to put a defender in there as well. You know I'd, I'd pick Big Butcher Goffey to tell you the truth, yeah. Terry or, or Richard Goff. But I tell you, my, my front two's not bad, is it? Do we see one Yes, it'll do. And of course, you can always ask your manager, Robert Duval. Well, hey, you can I manage that team. That'd be yeah. fine. Just go and play, boys. <laughs> just, I just don't know how I'm going to break this to Robert. Rob, but yeah. Robert's only getting the assistant manager behind Walter Smith. <laughs> I don't know how he's going to take it because we ended up getting beaten that cup final with Konoki in the film. So it's a, it's a black mark against Mr. Duval. But so, my manager would have to be Walter Smith right, who yeah. you know as I said I, I, I played under for the vast majority um, of my career he took over from from Graham Graham left to, to go to Liverpool and, and Walter I'd always known Walter Walter was my manager on the Scottish youth team guys when you know way back in dear me it'd be 1979 and then <clears throat> he was obviously at Dundee United with a fantastic manager, Jim McLean. Yes. Um, and he was a great coach, Walter. And then came down to Rangers with Graham. And then I think he took over. What season would it be? Maybe about 89 when Graham went to, to Liverpool. And he was there. Best part of when we left in 98. Yeah. So He won a few titles, didn't he, for you? Oh, he was, he's phenomenal. And do you know Absolutely what's really interesting, Ali? Somebody was saying the other day that, you know, when Ferguson had a, people forget now, a rocky few years, didn't he, in the sort of, in the noughties, yep. where he was like, this is just the, this is the pre Rooney Ronaldo team, where there was like two or three years he was under a bit of a pressure, I think, Marina. He brought Walter in as, as his assistant to steady yep. the ship, didn't he? It was Absolutely. really interesting. You know? It's a great story. He brought, he brought Walter in. And I heard Fletch, I heard Darren tell a brilliant story. Oh, he's a good lad, Fletch. Yeah. Oh, Fletch, a top, top lad. He tells a brilliant story about Walter at training in Manchester United. (laughs) Because every day, Ronaldo at that point was throwing his hands up in the air and having a moan about tackles and all that stuff. And and Walter uh, made a decision during the five sides that there was no such thing as a foul on Ronaldo. Right? So, 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 so Ronaldo had to toughen up pretty quickly. Wow. So, so there was no, no, Fletch tells his story, there was no free kicks given on Ronaldo. So he had, he had to learn the hard way, which was brilliant. I think but, FIFA but, took that two years later, didn't they, actually? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. So, Walter Smith, that's a that's a brilliant team, Ali. We're going to go through them quickly. It's going to Andy Gorham, Danny McGrain, Maldini, Barese, Cola, Gascoigne, Sunis, Loudrup, Cooper, Kenny Daglish, and Marco Van Basten up front. That's with not a, a bad side. With a 10 star bench. Yes. Oh, well. absolutely. It'd be a privilege to be the kit man in that team. Bali, <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Honest to God, it's been I've fantastic. It. You've been brilliant, mate. Great fun, um, good luck with everything you do, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, boys. Really enjoyed it. Keep up the good work. The Best 11 Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best 11 Podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 